In 2014, our lives changed when our mom, June, was diagnosed with dementia. It threw our world upside down, but over time, we learned to live with our new normal. We also learned that brain health would become a priority for the rest of our lives. From exercising and eating well, we do all the things we can to improve the health of our brain. But the truth of the matter is, it's not enough. When it comes to nutrition, most people are living with undernourished brains. Knowing this and having a mom who died from an incurable neurological disease, we know we need something to pick up the slack. And that's where NeuroReserves Relevate comes in. Relevate is a nutritional supplement that restores the vital nutrients for a healthy aging brain. Nutrition is considered one of the most important lifestyle factors that can affect the outcome of your long-term brain health. Relevate is packed with 17 of the most important nutrients chosen for their effect on the structure and the function of the brain. These nutrients represent several core dietary components from the Mediterranean diet and other brain protective dietary patterns. You can use our code TSP for 15% off of your order. Whether it's a one-time purchase or a monthly subscription, this code is good for life. We're gonna leave you with one of our favorite NeuroReserve mottos. We want your brain span to match your lifespan. Hi there, welcome to our podcast, Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. My name is Michelle. And my name's Lauren, and we are your hosts. Hey, host. Hey, ho. <laughs> this is our version of a radio talk show, and every week you can join us for a sisterly chat where we talk about literally everything. We're going to tackle current events, what's going on in the world around us. We'll share some personal insight and stories, and of course, share random bits of things we think you should know along with whatever else sisters talk about. There's a lot. So mm -hmm. if you're into easy listening, lots of laughing and some inspiration sprinkled throughout, we are going to be fast, weird internet friends. Welcome. Well, hello there and welcome to Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. I am your host, Lauren Massarella, joined here by my co-host and my sister, Michelle Anderson. What the heck is up? I am excited about the conversation we just had. That's what's up. I'm stoked about the Olympics, and I'm not going to lie, I kind of forgot that they were even happening this summer. So ah, it's a great surprise. Same, right? It's been fun. A nice little addition to these hot summer months, getting to sit back and watch some of that stuff. And I don't know about your house, but in my house, it's on like every TV, and all the TVs are on just all through the day. So whatever room you walk into, you're like, oh, catching up totally. from... Right, we do we do a lot of YouTube highlights. Oh, you're yes. the highlighter. Well, you know when you've got twelve year olds, they are professionals with the old YouTube highlights. So we're catching really? a lot of the good stuff. There. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Is there a method? Olympic highlights. <laughs> Search that, and you'll see all of the stuff that you missed throughout the day. All right, I might start doing that. Not kidding. All right, you guys. So the Olympics are in full swing. Tokyo has about eleven thousand athletes there right now competing for the. Gold. This is it. This is it. This is this is the test they've all been working for. <laughs> but I saw a photo of the medals, and I would take the bronze because it's so pretty. Mm, more on that gold. to come. It is. It's more like rose gold. Okay, there's definitely a lot of controversy happening. Um, there's some stuff going on with athletes at this very moment that we're going to be talking about. And we also wanted to dive into the history of the Olympics because there are some traditions that go back so far that blew our minds blew that they're still minds. doing some of it. Besides competing naked mm, I, they should bring except that for back. on the <laughs> right can for you imagine maybe some sports just a couple nude just a couple nude competitions <laughs> everybody needs to show off their bods right 
<laughs> so since we like to think of ourselves as, you know, half entertainment, half investigative reporters, we thought we would give you our take on the summer Olympics. Now, before we dive into the nitty gritty of this summer's Olympics, we first need to give a sincere and heartfelt thank you to one of our newest Anchor.com subscribers, but one of our oldest and dearest friends. Drum roll, please. (laughs) Now, Michelle, you used to work with Miss Winnie Lee. friend and co-worker yes an anchor supporter Winnie wow. thank you so freaking much you know I Winnie is honestly she's a friend of ours right and she's one of my favorite people on social media because she, she adds, brings it she adds a layer of fun she adds fun funny mm-hmm. culture she knows a lot of shit yes too. culture mm-hmm. both here in the city and also Chinese culture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just there's so much about Winnie that I love. It's hard to put my finger on it, but I will say a most recent memory. I reached out to her on the back end of one of our social medias because I, I just was, you know, venting about something. I wanted to talk to her and she made me laugh and just feel so good. And I just love her for the woman that she is. I mirror that. And I'm jealous that you had to, you got to work with her. We had her. a lot of fun. We screwed around a lot. We laughed <laughs> a lot. But my most favorite thing to do with Winnie Lee is go eat some good food. That yeah. girl knows her way around Chicago. That's cuisine. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people ask us, how do you guys make money? Which I love that question. I wish, you know, I want to go around town more and be like, hey, how do you make money? <laughs> so tell me your business model. <laughs> but I get it. It's a fair question. We panhandle. Yeah, we panhandle, and <laughs> like many businesses, there are several ways that you can monetize our business of podcasting and content creation. So through sponsorships and partnerships with brands that we love and trust are two ways, and then support from those who consume our creation is another way. So as you guys have known, because we've talked about it, Anchor.com has created a system where if our listeners wanted to, they can sign up for monthly subscriptions. There's a 99 cents one, a 4.99 one, and a 9.99 one. And it's monthly. As you know, all of our stuff is free and always will be. But we're just grateful for Anchor.com to make this possible. If you'd like to sign up to support Cozy Conversations, know that you are supporting a local, small, women-owned business. And it allows us even more time and resources to create even more and better content for your sexy ears. And we thank you. We do thank you so much for considering signing up. And if not, just keep fucking pressing play. Okay, Michelle, enough of panhandling. Let's dive into the Summer Olympics, Tokyo 2020. Are you ready for all of the information overload you're about to get on the Olympics? I've never been more ready. I'm as ready as the Norwegian handball team is to wear shorts. <laughs> hey, listen, that's you. You've got your thumb or your finger on the pulse there. That's it. That's literally. They're ready. It. They are ready for their shorts. So I, we will get there. We will. There's some good. There's a lot going on. You know, this, these Olympics have started. These are. This is a funky olympic because you know it's postponed yeah this is a this we're making up for lost time here because they were supposed to be last year but they're this year they're this year and i got really confused i actually didn't realize that they were saying tokyo 2020 until just yesterday and i was like holy shit same right and so i just googled it right and they they committed to keeping it to 2020 when they postponed it last year they're like 
We're not going to go 21. We're, this, we're making this up. Makes sense. Yeah, because the next one is in 2024. It's in Paris. But also consider all of the things that they had already created and branded and all of the things. That was one of the biggest reasons why they spent millions of dollars already on all their marketing. They were having people draw up shit. Everything was I, already being done. I mean, we've the world has lost enough money as it is with the pandemic. No reason to go into the Olympics and having to rebrand and change everything. Oh, Why not well, keep it the, the same? The cost of delaying the 2020. So if you guys haven't realized yet, we're diving into the Olympics. This is the whole podcast yeah, episode. Yeah. Michelle, the cost of the delaying the 2020 Olympics by one year will be about 640 billion yen which they say is about 5.8 billion US dollars. Oh. Billion with a B as in boy. And like, will they, is it even possible to make that money up? Are there spectators no. watching? No. So there are not people walking around no. Tokyo shopping. No, and no, 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 no. There are no spectators. People are coming alone and they're, it's so limited. Wow. All right, now here's the, here, we're going to, let's start with a little bit about the, the Olympics taking place right now, Michelle. So only three modern Olympic games have been canceled and they were all due to World War One in 1916 and World War Two in 40 and 44. And? Well, this one wasn't canceled. This was postponed. That's right. Right? So there may have been other reasons, but we're just going to go into like the nitty gritty of what's going on there. Well, that just also goes to show the magnitude of what living in a pandemic has been like. Yeah. And there was a lot of, they were kind of waiting it out last January 2020. And then by March, they were like, okay, we have to sort this out. Yeah. Now, here's a really interesting little tidbit I found on the old internet. Do tell. The Tokyo Organizing Committee was originally headed by former Japanese Prime Minister Yoshiro Mori. But he resigned in February, just this February 2021, due to backlash from sexist comments made about women in meetings. You know what? But here's, I'm going to tell you what. The two people that have overtaken him are women. Hooray! <laughs> and they get a gold medal. So this is the fourth Olympics held in Japan. There have been two winter ones, and this is now the second summer one. Japan's got it going on. Yeah, they do. I don't clearly. know if they're like super efficient, and people are like, yes, let's mm. have Japan have it. But they vote on this shit, right? Did you know that? No. They vote. So they were up against Madrid and Istanbul, were tied for second place, so a runoff vote was held to determine which of the two cities would be eliminated. The final vote was a head-to-head -head contest between Tokyo and Istanbul. Wow, I bet uh, Istanbul is probably kind of like, you know what, well, it's so, all worked out. You know, the, they probably the are. You're at, they're like, come see you us know, next time. Everything happens for a reason is what Istanbul <laughs> yes. is saying. We're going to throw our hat in maybe next time. So this year they've added a couple new sports. Karate. Karate. Surfing. Lauren, did you know that I took karate as a uh, elective? I did not my know first, that. My first year as a freshman, yeah. And was it fun? You know, it felt weird. It felt weird. And I was wearing a gi and I was doing hayas as I was oh my running God. around the courtyard for everyone to see. I would have loved that. It wasn't for me. Okay. Okay. Surfing, 
skateboarding. People are Badass. loving the spa- the skateboarding and sport climbing. I'm down with the sport climbing. I'm down with it all. There was some controversy. I was listening to an interview with Alex Honold. He is a free climber. If you've ever seen that documentary. Yes, free, he's got really strong fingers. Yes, free solo. Yes. He did that Yosemite cliff uh-huh. without a rope. He says that people in the climbing world world say that, you know, they challenge maybe this is more of a lifestyle, more of an adventure than a sport, but he's here for it. Totally. That's so cool. Yes. Great documentary. Great documentary. Now, sadly, and I'm sure that the the men in our family were bummed to hear this if they have heard it, they have eliminated wrestling from the 2020 program. So this is what I've read. The International Olympic Committee's decision to controversially drop wrestling from its 2020 program has been described as astonishing and hugely disappointing following the omission of the sport that has been featured in every games except one since the Olympics inception 117 years ago. I don't understand. The only thing that I caught wind of was that maybe there aren't enough athletes wrestling as much anymore. That's That was a real yeah. quick side piece that I saw and I just kept moving along because we got a lot of shit I got it I'll keep you on track so this year at the games there will be 206 countries competing in Tokyo with over 11,000 athletes representing wow 11,000 cardboard beds (laughs) (laughs) dude there have been like some there have been some COVID situations like this is such a risky endeavor yeah I'm honestly a little surprised that they went out with it but you know what I I can use the Olympics I want some of the fanfare I want to see all these amazing individuals doing their shit so if they feel okay to be there yeah I'm here to watch them be there okay so the medals oh god the medals are gorgeous this year they're beautiful they're really simple. They're kind of modern looking. They're super just round like a metal like they would be. But they have almost, you just have to see a photo. But the bronze almost looks like a rose gold. Cool. Which I would be down oh, with would the bronze. Would you be okay with the bronze? With for I that mean, color. You know, yeah, those yeah, I love rose gold. They'll be fine with it. But <laughs> So get this. We talked about sustainability in the previous episode that Japan was making beds out of cardboard so they could be recycled. They produced 5,000 Olympic medals from 78 almost 80,000 tons of recycled electronic devices, which were, which included digital cameras, laptops, handheld games, and a whopping 6.21 million mobile phones. Wow, that's amazing. Isn't that I did not cool? know that was the level of sustainability. Wow. They were putting out boxes within, around the country. People were just throwing their shit in there, you know, deleting their stuff off of it, and then popping it in for donation wow that is really cool it is really cool now something that's different that you might notice you know at the end of when they're being awarded they're rewarded is it awarded or rewarded i think it's awarded Awarded. yeah you're right reward is a reward Mm -hmm. (laughs) awarded their medals usually a person of the committee will come the athlete will kind of bow down a little bit to lower themselves and they'll put it around their neck well now they're asking that due to covid they will be presenting their medals to the athletes in trays, and they are being asked that they place Put them. them on. Yep. Now that is where I'm like, wait, that they have them placed around their necks by a dignitary, so okay. maybe someone with them. At least their, I, you've got. I feel like the the whole experience is having that son of a bitch placed over your head. It's such a moment. Oh my god, an incredible. It is moment. such a moment when they. I love how when some of them have their like arms kind of down along their side and they just like bend forward. I'm like. <gasps> What does that feel like? And what an honor to represent your country in your sport. 
Holy moly. And there are some incredible, I mean, every year, but now we're spotlight is on some that we know and some new ones that are out there doing awesome stuff, not just athletically, but also, you know, for the other stuff going on around the world that we'll get to. So let's talk about the torch. In my research, I found some really cool shit about the torch that I had no idea that's how they do this. Okay. Well, first, let's start with the slogan of the 2020 Summer Olympics torch relay is hope lights our way. Love that. You may think Definitely all could have used a little hope around here. Need a little hope. Yes. So the Olympic flame for the torch relay comes all the way from Olympia, Greece, where it is traditionally ignited using a parabolic mirror that reflects the sun rays and then transported to the host city. Did you know that when they light that flame, it gets put in a special lantern and like flown on a special like plane and situation. And, and it burns taken. the whole time. Uh huh. So this year, the relay ended at Tokyo's National Stadium on the 23rd of July with tennis with our tennis player, Naomi Osaka, lighting the Olympic cauldron at the finale of the opening ceremony. Oh, my, I have goosebumps. And you know, with her, she opted out of one of the bigger games that she was in recently. I forget which open it was. I don't know if it was the Melbourne Open or what, but or maybe it was at Wimbledon. She hopped out of that one because she cited she wanted to take care of her mental health uh, because she didn't want to talk to some media. So she's like, I just need to like tend to myself. And people kind of gave her a lot of shit. And then some people, lots of people gave her a lot of support. We're going to see later in our conversation that we might be seeing something similar with um, our athlete and gymnast, Simone. Simone. Yeah. So we'll get there. Some fun facts for the Tokyo 2020 Games. Tokyo is the first city to host the Paralympic Games for the second time. Fittingly, the first ever Paralympic Museum will be launching during the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, which is awesome. The official motto for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics is United by Emotion, echoing a universal call for diversity and inclusion. Well done. Mm-hmm. This is really trippy. Futuristic robots will play important roles in the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. They're going to be welcoming athletes and interacting with visitors to providing remote viewing to people who are not physically present at games-related venues. Wow. Wow. The only, I don't know what I think about that. It kind of freaks me out. It freaks me out, but I'm also kind of into it. I was in an, where were we? Maybe we were flying to Montreal. I think we're flying into Canada and there was a robot helping people give them directions through the airport. And it was kind of awesome and kind of creepy. And it also might reduce the spread of COVID. That might be one of the reasons. Right. There was something going on with the volunteers. There were a ton of volunteers, as you can imagine, for the Olympics. And then a vast amount of them gave up their volunteership because of obviously COVID. Makes sense. Yep. So they had to bring the robots in. Understandably so. And then lastly, this is a fun little tidbit. The Tokyo 2020 Olympic torch is designed after the shape of a sakura, which is a cherry blossom. Michelle, we're going to take a little trip down memory lane and we're going to go way back. Way back when? Way back. Like Like the beginning. To the beginning. Because like we just mentioned, the fact that they're bringing this freaking flame from Olympia, Greece to wherever it has to finally end up, that's quite a tradition. Mm -hmm. So these types of traditions started in the ancient days. In fact, the ancient Olympics began in the year 776 BC when Karibos, a cook from a nearby city in Elis, 
won the stadium race, a foot race that is 600 feet long. Wow. That okay. was the only race. What's was, that? Wasn't that the only race? I don't know. That's all I found out. Okie dokie. <laughs> <laughs> now, held in the summer of 776 BC at Olympia, a site in southern Greece where people went to worship their gods. In fact, the Olympics were created in honor of an ancient Greek famous god. Do you know who it was? I do. Who? His name is Zeus. Zeus. Zeus it is. The king of all gods. Yep. The biggest, the strongest, the most powerful. Probably. The physique. I don't know if he would be the sexiest. I feel like, of course, there's a god of like sex and baby making. Mm. He might be the most. I know there's some handsome gods out there. I love Greek mythology. So does your niece. I need to get back into it. Does Mia like it? Loves it. I got to get back into it. Okay, so now, fast forward a little bit. The modern Olympics didn't start until 1896. And Athens Games in 1896 involved only nine sports and 43 events. What's more interesting is that athletes in ancient Olympic Games competed naked. Yes, they did. Another shocker to the old niece and nephew. I told them yesterday, did you guys know that when folks were in the Olympics in the beginning of time, they ran naked? And they said, what are you talking about? Wouldn't you think that they had like on like a loincloth or something? Well, actually, I think the reason, well, the reason was twofold that they were naked and competing. First, it was a, to show off their physique. You were able to see their bodies and how strong and beautiful they they were. Yes. And then I also stumbled a little, another little bit of information that suggested that one of the Olympians loincloth fell off and he tripped on it. Oh no. So they said, remove the clothes, (laughs) compete naked. So that makes sense. Thank you for that. There you have it. In fact, the word gymnasium comes from the Greek root gymnos, meaning nude. So what the literal meaning for gymnasium is, and I love this. We should have we should open up one of these. A school for naked exercise. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I struggled greatly in college trying to shower with my teammates the first time that we were away and everybody was getting in a communal shower and I rode that bus. I think I'm with you on that. I'm I'm kind of just wasn't there at that point. Would you can you get into a shower now naked with a bunch of people? Probably not. Right? I don't know. Why don't is know. why why is it that? Because I mean, we were body shamed as children. We were always told <laughs> we need to be have our clothes on and our boobs covered. So the now truth. we're like think we're like a bunch of nuns. I don't even think that's it though. I think it's even more just for me, it's like shy or something. Like modest, or maybe modest or maybe I've been a bit uncomfortable being in a room of just naked people. I don't know. I mean I have friends that are like the naked ladies at the gym, putting their leg up on the stool, putting the, the lotion on, no problem. But not I, me. I'm not going there. I guess I just don't want everyone to see my butthole i would definitely be just a spectator in the ancient <laughs> ancient times <laughs> that's hilarious okay so a couple other more tidbits on the olympics the olympics rings colors appear in every national flag so the founder of the modern olympic movement his name is baron pierre de Coberton, he conceived of the five ring symbol. He specifically chose the different colors, blue, green, yellow, black, and red, because at least one of those colors appeared on all of the national flags of the world. I thought that was a thoughtful little idea. Isn't it? Could you imagine, though, that guy, like, looking at every single flag, being like, process That would be a lot. Holy cow. There's some effort put into that process. Like, I wonder if he made, like, a spreadsheet and was like, (laughs) 
flags that have green totally in it. Totally had an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Okay, now this is kind of funny. There are a few sports that are no longer competed at, at the Olympics. Tug of war. Can we please bring that back? Please bring it back. Like, what the fuck? And All of them to take away, you bring, you take away tug of war? That should be like the opening ceremony. Is tug <laughs> yeah, of absolutely. war. Absolutely. Light the torch and we begin by yanking on a giant rope. Tug of, right? I, you'd have to wear gloves. Dude, we should like so fun. Let's start a petition. Bring I guess that tug of war has Indian roots. I guess it was created in India. Who knew? Weird tidbit. Who knew? Plunge for distance. Plunge for distance is another one where people would dive as far underwater as possible and then stay there for a good moment of time and then come back to the surface. OMG. Probably a little unsafe. Probably Probably. someone died. OMG. And I thought you said die for distance. Dive. 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 Maybe die. Maybe. Live pigeon shooting. (laughs) I mean. Listen, honestly, I live in Chicago. You can have ours. You can take our pigeons. Well, you should start connecting with the future hosts so you can help with that program. Clean Dude, the pigeon program the pigeons in Chicago. In Chicago, in the street when you're driving, I once my ex boyfriend once picked me up from work and he was like, oh, I just ran over a pigeon." I was like, "What?" He's like, "It didn't move. I thought it was gonna fly away, and then I just heard a pop." Oh my! Are they not sharp? Or <laughs> they're, are they... they're just lazy as f. Lazy, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Horse long jump. Croquet, which I was a little bummed to see that one go. No, snooze a palooza. Okay, um, but this is my favorite one of all. What? They used to, but no longer have town planning. Riddle me this. Tell me. Explain to me because I saw this and I said, "What in the Sam hell is town planning doing in the Olympics?" In in the before times, in the early Olympic times, they actually had like an area that was like art and culture that was considered an Olympic event. I don't know. I have no, I'm not quite sure how town planning. My only thought is this. You know, there's a village. There's an Olympic village. So I'm wondering if people from all over con- different countries came with their like perspective ideas for a Olympic village of town planning. Per- yeah. Perhaps, but... I'm thinking maybe a better Olympic option would involve maybe like a town crier. Like who's the most, <laughs> like a, the best town crier in the world? What exactly is a town crier? Is it just someone that's whining and bitching and just they're like are, hooting and hollering all yeah, the time? Yeah, town crier is like that the person in like the old towns when everybody was sitting in their the pubs with their ale and then that person in town came in and like <laughs> hollered out something to right. notify everybody. Maybe uh-huh. it was like the Debbie Downer. The, of Debbie the neighborhood. Downer. I love that. We need a town crier. So Coming more into the recent and more present moment of the Olympics. Do you want to know what my strong, one of my strongest Summer Olympic memories is? Is when the American diver, Mr. Greg Louganis, mm-hmm. hit his head on that freaking diving board. Wow, there was a lot going on Dude, that. dude, when he... I watched the video yesterday and your whole body just like winces. Mm. I mean, he freaking slammed his head. Did he complete the dive? He, not, not well. I, yeah. Not yeah. well, but he came back and won gold, by yes, the way. He did. In the same game. Yep. Like, came back 35 minutes later and dove again. So I was watching, I did some reading on this because then I got really, you know, investigative and wanted to hear more about the story. And he, he said he knew his feet were too close to the diving board. So he jumped, he tried to like elevate himself or push himself out a little bit further. And he thought he was maybe in the clear, maybe his feet were going to hit it until he heard that thud. And then he was like, oh my God, I hit my head. So Greg dives into the water, they get him out. So this happened in the 88 Summer Olympics in Seoul, South Korea. 
I mispronounced soul and said seal earlier. You, you didn't even need to say that. I wanted them to know well, that you're right. smart. Okay. So, listen, we all just are here to help each other. <laughs> and so he hit his head, and there was blood, of course. He had a head wound. And Greg was diagnosed with um, HIV. Mm-hmm. He was HIV positive, and him and only his coach knew. Mm-hmm. And they didn't tell the committee or the people in charge of the Olympics because him and his coach were, I mean, if you know about AIDS and HIV, you don't get it from diving in the same pool as someone. Okay. Yeah. So And also there was a lot of there was a lot of fear surrounding so it much at that fear. point. They thought that, you know, the transmission of AIDS, he was like afraid his doctors could mm-hmm. contract it yeah. with the blood. Well what happened such. was, yeah, so he was he panicked a bit after the doctor who did sew him back up wasn't using gloves and gave him his I think however many stitches he got. It wasn't until a few years later that he came out and said, you know, at that time of my injury, I got this, I was diagnosed with, I was HIV positive. Mm-hmm. And even the doctor came out later having found out and said, I wasn't worried because I, as now we know so much about this disease, even though there's so much fear surrounding it in the eighties, yeah. um, because it was an epidemic that he wasn't scared that he would have contracted it from him, which was great yeah. that this did came, it, it actually went okay mm-hmm. you know with the situation at mm-hmm. hand i mean he ended up he came back he ended up winning no one else was infected but it also kind of helped with an athlete of his caliber coming out with a saying that that he is infected with hiv at that time to help maybe chip away at the destigmatization of this disease yes because then he's like look at me i can be a gold winner but also have this disease and i'm not you don't have to be scared of me and i'm not going to infect a village of people with it mm-hmm. so just I remember that was that one sticks out in my mind the most. You know, I do remember that that moment when that happened and he was injured and so on. But a moment that sticks out more for me during the Olympics was when Michael Phelps was cleaning, cleaning house. house, literally just taking down every event in swimming. Mm-hmm. And during that time, it was all the buzz everybody was talking about Michael Phelps and what he was doing and we were sitting poolside actually Lauren with our mom at the time in our backyard and her best friend Susie who we've now mentioned a couple of times on on the podcast (laughs) one of my favorite people on the planet and um, we were having some Miller Lights Mm. some wine Susie and I sang a couple of show tunes. We were really getting after it. And then Susie uh, decided that she was going to, as she put it, go for the gold. <laughs> and she removed all of her clothing. Just like ancient, ancient Greece. She went straight back to the original competition. 776 she BC. She wa- wanted to get into the mood. She took off her clothes, took off her undies and her brassiere. She dove the la- dove, oh, swam in the length God. of the pool. And then we all watched with our mouths agape. Her daughters were shocked, but not really. Mm-hmm. She came up at the end of the pool and screamed, Michael Phelps <laughs> does it again. Tits down. I am annoyed that I missed that. We'll never forget that moment. Oh, you're lucky to have that moment. Never forget that moment. Never laugh so hard. That moment added 10 years onto my life. God bless Susie Duff. God bless Susie Duff. We love her. Right back I remember Michael Phelps. Yeah, you know, and then we have, well, what's happening now, and then the other stick out I remember is, of course, Simone and Simone Biles and her crew. Wow. What did they go by? The Fantastic Five or something? I mean, they were also clean. They were cleaning house. Incredible. 
They are incredible gymnasts. So let's move a little bit more present day, shall we? Shall we? To today, to what's happening. Today I woke up. Today, right now, I woke up and found that or heard that Simone had withdrawn herself from the team competition of the gymnastics and that she did not participate. Our team ended up getting second place. I think Russia beat them. Mm. Had maybe Simone been able to compete, maybe we would have gotten that goal, but something's going on there. Something is, and I don't yeah. and I don't know if this is correlated or not, but Ryan and I were sitting this morning doing our newspaper morning hang outside and he was reading an article about her and she was quoted saying that her happiest times are when she's not doing gymnastics. Wow, that says a lot. It does. And she's the greatest of all time at the moment, yep. right? She also said, I don't know if that was that interview or a different one, that she feels the weight of the world is on her shoulders. Immense I can't imagine pressure. the pressure that she is under. No. Well, she removed herself from a moment, and I don't know what's going to happen with the solo competition, if she will. She did a... I don't know if it's the vault, is that horse thing. She did a flip. It's the and vault. It's, it's the, the vault. vault. She did something, and it, it, it was kind of shocking that it was there was such an error because, you know, as we know who she is and what she's capable of, but she's human. And I don't know if that triggered something, but Mentally, she's taking a break. she's taking a yeah, pause. Yeah, she's taking a pause. Well, I wish her the best. Which is great. Good for her. Something else that you mentioned earlier when I asked if you were ready, and you said you're as ready as the Norwegian handball team. Yep. So... What is so interesting about this Olympics is that it's already kind of shrouded in controversy. There's so much going on from being postponed from COVID. And then, of course, even before this, Shikari Richardson being eliminated from the Olympics due to cannabis Mm -hmm, use. mm -hmm. Yet, I will say that the other day, Forbes posted something about how all the athletes are using CBD. Hmm. Same plant, different effects, I get it, but maybe it's time to remove cannabis from the... it's time to evolve people. A little bit. move forward. So... With all this controversy, there's more. The Norwegians women handball team, they're over the bikini bottoms. They don't know why they They have to wear them. Why do they? Someone tell me. Well, for handball, I'm not so sure why they have to. Because men are wearing, like they said, playing the same sport with the same set of rules with a whole different uniform. So why are women having to wear basically a thong that's up their vagina crack, right? Yes. So... They decided to say FU Olympic Committee and they wore what is the equivalent to like short biking shorts. It's like Big literally difference. a second skin like the it's undies. Basically, it's a little bit longer. It's actually their butt cheeks aren't hanging That's out. That's it. literally it's the like, difference. It's like, for God's sakes, does anybody on the board consider the fact that sometimes women menstruate? I was just going to say. perhaps maybe that heavy flow comes on the day when they've got to get out there and perform in front of the entire world. Maybe, yeah. And maybe they just don't want to wear a boat pad with underpants. I mean, the, their bottoms are so small tiny like they're tiny i don't even wear underwear that small on a regular basis right? same so they have gone they went behind their back the committee's back they wore the shorts then they get fined i think it's like somewhere in the thousand something dollar range per player yeah well our girl pink hell yes who is a badass said keep on keeping on keep on wearing your shorts keep on wearing your shorts you tell them who's boss I will pay for your yep, fines. Pink's paying their fines. Fuck, I love Pink's her. Pink's a badass. Don't you? I, that, I mean, honestly, I want to just be in a place in the world where I can be like, I love what you're standing for. Allow me to yes, bail you please, out. Please, please. Keep Let fighting me the good fight. cause. <laughs> and I'll give you my money. Same, Lauren. So awesome. Now, I did read an article about a, it was a woman volleyball player, a, 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 an Olympian of the past. She was weighing in on the bikini bottom controversy. And I did 
read her interview and I was like, you know, she has some really valid points. Some of these points are so valid. She said she has tried using leggings and bathing suits to play beach volleyball in the sand. She was, but listen up, when you're diving, and this is her oh perspective. Oh my gosh, I'm sure. Everyone's different, but her, these are her thoughts. When she's diving into the sand and sand gets in a full piece bathing suit and you just have sand jam, jammed in your, yeah. you can't get it out. No. And then you're uncomfortable and you're trying to move and shift. You need like a power washer too afterwards exactly. to get it out of the crevasse. Exactly. So she's kind of saying like, the bikini is where it's at for in my take. She was also talking about what okay, you were mentioning. Enough. Yeah, she was also talking about what you've mentioned in regards to menstruation and yeah. comfort levels. That if some women aren't like it, they should at least have the option to wear shorts if they want to. One hundred percent. Right. Yes. And then the other thing that she said was in regards to the more coverage in her experience is that sometimes the more coverage the less ability she feels more comfortable and like agile so like the less clothing for her the more like spider monkey move she Mm -hmm. can make Mm because she is just like that makes sense yeah there's no restriction exactly and some of that material seems like it can be kind of restricting looking at it from both sides and i appreciate all aspects right i think having options is awesome i agree right michelle did you happen to see the australian swim coach hump the railing no ma'am i did not he has gone viral was this out of joy oh he is so happy Porn- oh my god Michelle, tell me tell me i tell me. i'm a pervert though because what i saw him do my immediate my brain goes well i know what he's like in the bedroom he's got stamina he's got moves <laughs> <laughs> just saying so yeah, the Australian coach who was coaching the female swimmer of Australia who was up against our girl, Katie Ledecky, I kind of think people maybe thought Katie was going to win. Okay. And the coach, Dean Boxall is his name. He was overcome with... Um, Joy? That's one way to put it. And it's funny because like I don't even, I can't even pronounce the poor Aussie swimmer's names because whatever, but he's kind of taken... <laughs> he's sort of taken the spotlight. A bit of the thunder. Because his reaction is insane. He humps the plexiglass. I mean, literally. Like fast and out. a few times. God bless him. God bless him. You know him. what? All that hard work. I love his, I what love a it. celebration. Hump that plexiglass <laughs> all you want, sir. The tweets when the pre-workout kicks in. These are great. <laughs> these are great. And the funniest part is one of the staffers, like the Olympian like women on staff that were trying to help him, like, you know, she's literally like standing back and oh but taken aback too by his emotion and his celebration so good it's so fun that's the best part about the olympics is those the shocks the surprise the unexpected the the, great things that happen and doesn't it feel good to see people fucking doing this again yes celebrating living life celebrating and these athletes have been working Mm -hmm. their asses off Mm -hmm. for years i was listening the other day about there's all these different athletes. What were they going to do when they were supposed to be going to the Olympics? Do they go back to school? Are they still training? Gosh, I didn't even think about that. So many different stories are out there. This is the, also the fun part. Like you check in with like Today Show. That's what I where I watch my news and my Olympic coverage. They all feature some many of our athletes. And one of the girls, I think she's a swimmer. I think she's at Stanford. She stopped going to school, obviously, because of the, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And went, no, she went home to Minnesota. And she said, I spent a cozy 
winter, fall, winter at home with my family See, and took a breather. God bless. Right. And now yes. she's at the freaking Olympics. And now can you imagine, Hey guys, I'm just checking out of school. Gonna go hang with my family. And before I circle back, I'm going to just pop over to Tokyo and just compete in the Olympics. <laughs> you guys have a good one. Isn't it? It sucks though that they can't be there I to know. watch it, but it's fun again to watch all the fanfare and all like mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the people they're, you know, bringing in to show the footage of from friends and family at home. Okay, so that pretty much wraps up our wow. Olympic episode. Wow. Fun lot facts. of information there. Such an old tradition. It's so old. How but exciting. the good news is it will be taking place again in Paris in 2024. Open to the Anthony world, I are We're manifesting what? it. Yeah, just put that in your radar if you want. I'm going to. 2028 Los Angeles. I don't know what the prices are for all Olympics, but I can give you some insight on what it is in Tokyo so that after we wrap up, you oh, can start wow. making a little small bank, you know, for yeah, your... Yeah, get that envelope on your counter exactly. so you can start stashing your bucks. Olympic bucks. So according to the Tokyo Olympic Organizing Committee, tickets are for the opening ceremony will range from 220 US dollars to like $2,700. And this is for the opening, opening ceremony. ceremony. Got it. Okay. Average ticket prices for events will cost about $60 to about $1,200. Okay, so this is a range. Yeah, and I'm trying to put my wrap in my head around if it's like an event, like $60 for one competition, or is it like a day of competition? So who knows? So this could get pricey, or maybe you can budget it out. But it says half of tickets will cost less than 44 bucks. Okay. American bucks. So they allocate some to be more budget friendly. Yeah. Okay. The, I've never been, obviously, to an Olympic. I know you've been to been the to World, World Cup. Cup game. Mm-hmm. I went mm-hmm. to the Melbourne Open for tennis, and I'm not a tennis person. It was fucking awesome. It truly was life changing. I mean, it really, my experience too, it just changed my life and was such an incredible opportunity to see that on a world stage and be there live with it be there live and with and it was so funny with soccer there's a lot more like noise and cheering yes, and constant yes, sound yes, yes. at an open your Silence. your head is going back and forth and you just hear that ping ping <laughs> and it's freaking awesome though yeah it's so great i mean i 100 percent. i'm gonna start making a little envelope for olympic bucks oh that would be so fun lauren all right, well, Michelle, you have a great rest of your Olympic 2020 Summer Games. Same to you, girl. I hope your Olympians that you're rooting for wins. Go USA. Good luck to all of our people there and all of the people around the world who are joining. I think they, we said 11,000 athletes are uniting as one at the stadium in Tokyo. Unreal. Most importantly, I hope they are staying cozy as fuck on their cardboard beds. Peace out. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for today's cozy conversation. For more of The Sister Project, check us out on Instagram at The Sister Project and our website, www.thesisterprojectblog.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and maybe even drop us a review. Until next time, stay cozy. Stay cozy.